Now back to more Stone on Air. Psychological torment. Stone on Air. back with the Stone On Air podcast, live to tape on the campus of Chattanooga State Community College at the studios of WAWL.org. My name is Brian Stone. This is brand new, unreleased Ryan Oyerban, September 23rd at the Grand Falloon will be the official CD release party. Almost all that work, pretty much all that work, over on the former 14th Street, now to be renamed Station Street. This is going to be really cool, guys. It is officially opening this weekend, starting around 4 o'clock. There'll be music on the streets, and then every all the regular places that you're used to will be open. The terminal, Comedy Catch, Revelry Room, Stir. That's going to be a really cool little mixed-use kind of road there. I remember when they were kind of dreaming that idea. They were, they being all the Kinseys and, and then now Mike Alfano and kind of envisioning Nashville and Memphis a little bit and having those kind of cool little side alleys and stuff. And that's going to be a, a nice addition to that down there. As if you notice, if you've been going to shows or doing anything around there, it has been a disaster to try to figure out where you're going if you didn't know the campus of the choo-choo well, which I do, so it was fine for me. But I know some people were having some uh, issues, but that problem is over. At Stone On Air on all the uh, social medias, if you want to interact with me there, please do so. And um, we'll try to do, we'll have another show ne- in the middle of next week at some point, probably try to get a musician in and uh, have a much more productive week last week than I did this week as uh, um, old Uncle Don is in here with me. And uh, Donna, <laughs> you were in there uh, working when I was doing the last segment saying, just hit a wall this week. I was every day trying to be around doing something constantly, constantly. And this week I was just like... I'm drained and I've been sleeping in, and so I'm going to change that next week. We're going to have a big productive week. But uh, hey, Don, how are you? Oh, doing fine. The uh, program director of WAWL. You've been here. I I went to school here. Started 16 years ago. So you've been here at least that long. Oh yeah. How long? Uh, how long total have you been here at the school uh, with the station? Probably closer to 20, 28 years or so. And a long radio. Um, Bio before that, maybe a quick just run down some some stations Wouldn't, you worked at. I think you've done but in the nineties leading up to that. Yeah, I've, I've worked just about everywhere in town. Uh, but I did get started here. I, I used to play bass in Nashville. I used to play the state fair circuit in in the seventies. I had no idea. Uh, Red Sovine and some people like that. And then when uh, he died, got out of it and came back here because this is where I'm from. And uh, Went to school here actually, and uh, and what 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 was that the what time frame? It was about uh, mid eighties. Mid eighties. And um, Bob Riley the, the was uh, the engineer and general manager and started the station uh, back in nineteen eighty, and um, he was teaching the class. And back then you had to have an actual license to to get on the air. Sure. And people kept telling me I needed to get on uh, the radio because I was getting out of music. And um, 
That's what a lot of failed musicians did, especially back then, would get in the radio. That's basically why I did. Well, I had the naive idea that I could help some uh, musicians that uh, weren't getting airplay, help them get actual airplay. But as uh, I found out... Wasn't as easy as that? No. I mean, I I, I programmed the Mountain when it started in the mid-'90s, and uh, they pretty much tell you you know at every music driven station what what you're going to play so yeah the, the the title program director sometimes is just uh it's just a nice little thing to put on a little plaque at the outside of the door or something so sometimes somebody else is actually telling you what you're going to be playing in certain situations that's more true than others and these days i find that to be very very true that's that's right and, and that's one of the problems I have, they're called consultants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your watch and tell you what time it is kind of thing. Right. Um, so you got involved. Uh, you were doing both the wall and, of course, the old frequency was 91.5. Um, best music station in the city while it was around. I mean, it was, I mean, it, I guess it could sometimes depend on the specialty shows. But overall, and, you know, college alt, classic college alt rock kind of um uh, kind of genre of music, and that that's right up my alley. But you you did uh, commercial and worked here at the same time for a while, right? Right. The, some some of the shows here when when we were on the ninety one frequency uh, actually were number one in their time. Uh, I mean that that's unreal for college college radio. That was a big. That was a pretty good signal. What was a what was a wattage of ninety one five? When I started, it was two hundred watts. Yeah, that's uh, not a good uh, signal. No, <laughs> no, but uh, it was. Pretty good, uh, but we we got bumped up to eleven thousand watts. Okay, I thought it was in the neighborhood of ten to fifteen or so, which is pretty strong, um, depending on how the the transmitter if it if it works right or not. But uh, you, I think you, I remember talking about this forever ago. You worked with Luther for a good amount of time. Oh yes, well, well, when I was here, I was doing the mornings as Uncle Don, and and then uh, uh, the first job I ever got was at US one hundred and one. Okay. Uh, working weekends when Big John Anthony and Joe Blair did mornings and um, mostly did overnights and weekends. And then uh, back then, you didn't really work at more than one station, but uh, I did. So I, I went to Light Mix 105 and worked a different time period. But I so used the, the now 105.5 uh, signal, which is Rock 105. Right. And it's um, Light Mix, um, I, I, I had to have another name. So. I used Bob's last name, and I used Don Riley there. Oh, okay. And most of the people that were at Light Mix went to Sonny and, like, Patty Sanders and Danny where Howard. Where she still is. Right. Where he still is. And, uh, well, it's it's pretty much a 100,000-watt Light Mix, basically. Yeah. Uh, it's an adult contemporary station. But uh, I did work with Luther. Uh for about um, fourteen years or so. Oh, that long! Yeah, I, I, I was his producer. I didn't didn't talk. I was uh, uh, in the control room playing the music and the commercials and kind of laying things out. And he was in his room, and James Howard was in his room, and I did a lot of pointing. And I would actually, <laughs> it was kind of like mystery science theater uh, because before I'd turn Luther's mic on, I'd tell him who the artist was and the name of the song. And then I'd turn the mic on, and sometimes he would get it right, and sometimes he <laughs> sometimes wouldn't. He would. And for those of you uh, who don't, who might not know who Luther is, Luther Massengill was, uh, and most people listening to this do know, but a longtime legendary broadcaster for 
what, 75, 80 years? Uh, yep, somewhere um, in there. And, and uh, just a legendary past uh, of, of, of na- you know, a national treasure, a national story, not just a, a local guy who we lost a couple of years ago. And um, so it, it, any interesting stories working with, uh, with Luther? I, mean, oh. I, I, I knew you worked with him a little bit. I didn't, I didn't know for that long. This, this, how long is this podcast? <laughs> as long as we want it. Well, no, Luther, though, I, I had – it was really fortunate that in, in the time I've been in radio, I, I worked first with Bob Riley. Um, and I know Bob from when I was in school. I remember Bob. I didn't know him well, but I do know him. And and with um, Bill Burkett uh, at uh, one hundred and five, and and Luther especially, uh, Luther was so good to me, and he knew that I would take care of him as far as letting him know what he was supposed to be. Uh, yeah, do your doing. best to make sure he sounded his the best he possibly could. Which right, is, is all as a host you can really. I mean, people don't understand how important. A producer is because I did that at the other station for which this week is remaining nameless. Um, hmm. That I've that's what I did primarily, and I was really good at it. I'm just come out right and say it, say it, I, and I enjoyed it. I loved it. I took a very pride in it, and you won't you don't realize as a host how how important that is until you get somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or doesn't care or doesn't try or any combination. It can destroy your show, and it can destroy your day, destroy your week. It's very important. So um, I bet, I mean, working with him that long, I'm sure he did. It was a, a special kind of relationship there because that's an important person in his life, really. Well, you could get to the point where you could tell just by his voice if something was right or something was wrong or if he just didn't, you know, feel uh, up to snuff, really. Uh, you could just tell. Uh, and, you know, sometimes when you have – uh, legends like that, uh, you 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 chalk a lot of the stuff up just to that, just being a legend and, and uh, a little exaggerated. But Luther really, I mean, he wasn't an angel. He wasn't perfect, but he was genuinely uh, a good guy. I, I really loved the years I was working with him and, and James too. Uh, they. Uh, they just really—it was like family, and uh, you can't say that too often about places you work. No, you can't, and uh, and loyalty becomes these days such a rare thing to find. And I was—it uh, was unfortunate I never met Luther. Um, uh, the only Luther story I had was a joke. Uh, I joked with some people that worked over there. I was at the—this isn't that interesting of a story—but the Chatt- <laughs> Chattanooga Skin and Cancer Clinic, um, dermatologist, and I'm waiting in the in the. Uh, the lobby forever it seemed like in the morning and i see luther walk in and he just walks straight to the back and goes straight back to see whoever he's going to see him like well there's the first time i've ever seen luther i'm sitting here for 30 <laughs> minutes waiting to go probably to the same place and luther just walked right on in there but uh all right uh, real quick before we get sidetracked don we were talking about uh, don hicks my guest here from uh org, the program director longtime radio guy uh talking about luther and uh and 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 i also forgot about parker you know two of the Two of the more well-known names of, of radio around here, Parker, more towards the latter part of the of the twentieth century, anyway. But um, a Luther story you were gonna we were gonna talk about. Uh, well, this is one Luther story that I don't know how many people actually know because um, it was pretty serious. Actually, uh, I I usually answered the phones and handled that stuff for contests and things like that. But we had a caller and he was mad at something Luther had said, and Luther was just expressing his opinion. 
Uh, it was about some incident that had happened with um, someone in California. It, it involved the police, and uh, uh, the guy felt like uh, he was being unfairly treated, and I, I guess they were— but it wasn't it wasn't a local thing. It was just talking about a story he saw. Nope. But this guy had said he was had had a similar incident with. Okay, the with guy call it the guy you you answered the call. Yeah, okay. And I kept saying, uh, "Well, do you do you want to talk to Luther? I mean, he was just expressing his opinion. He has the right to do that. But if you want to talk to him about it, he, he's right here. But he didn't want to do that, so um, he hung up and uh, didn't think any more about it. And I guess it was a couple of weeks and. Um, Parker uh, and uh, Jason that were working in the mountain that's across the hallway had gone outside. They were standing around and they saw someone messing around in the parking lot and they didn't know what that was. So they, they ran after the guy and the guy took off running and one of them called 911 and the police got there and they, they somehow caught the guy. And it turned out to be the same guy that had called and he had slashed all four of Luther's truck tires. All, and, and he had gotten James Howard, well, I would say, I think it was one tire before so they caught him. just a crazy listener person who sat around for a couple of weeks and then decided to slash tires because he didn't like what Luther had to say. So, And so how, how did Luther handle that? Well, you know, that, that was the crazy thing is is he, he, he got the tires fixed and everything, but he didn't even press charges. Uh, he just just chalked it up to one of those things, I guess. Yes, Wow, yeah. and I, I guess he figured the guy needed help, uh, and and uh, jail wasn't the answer. So it's, it's an incredible story. So if you don't know much about Luther, definitely uh, do a little quick Google search. But uh, Don, real quick, we'll wrap things up. Uh, school starting very soon. Um, school is starting uh, the twenty second. And uh, t- talk a little bit about this uh, this facility because uh, we're, we're at the radio station here. We've got the TV studios over here as well. It's actually a very impressive building over at the Media Technologies that I'd only been in once before, that this be, uh, this became what it is kind of, uh, at least somewhat indirectly, if not completely directly, from the sale of the FM signal, which is still a sore spot to me this, this many years well, later. <laughs> but uh, t- tell tell people who might be interested in, in looking into this to this line of study and uh, a little bit about the program and, and things coming up, especially with school being a week and a half away. Well, I'm not sure how much the, the cell came into this. This is basically – it used to be Channel 45. Uh, okay, yeah, PBS, local PBS. And they built a new studio uh, out on Bonnie Oaks, I believe. And when they sold it – I mean, most people assumed that it was part of Chattanooga State anyway. I used to have to tell people it's, it's like – the Vatican. It's not actually <laughs> part of uh, of where the country it's in. Yeah. Uh, but um, it, it's there, and and but people always assumed that it was part of Chattanooga State, but uh, it wasn't. But now it is, and the building, um, since it uh, had a TV studio in it, it was kind of a natural, and um, the they built the uh, studios. Uh, the, for the radio when we moved over from the uh, – um, no, it wasn't uh, – It was where the library was. I, right. don't, I don't know IMC what else. Yeah. So you've got three studios here. You're on, on uh, online at wawl.org. You still program that, keep that fresh, keep uh, still that classic – when I say classic, I mean kind of think – Back in the '80s and into the '90s, where college radio was really, you know, alt kind of that uh, alternative. I don't know exactly what, what you would call it, but 
it's that same kind of concept. And then these days, music genres have branched out so far. I bet. I mean, I, I have to admit, I'm sorry to say, I don't listen as much because I just forget it's there. Well, that's that's the main thing I want to get across is is that I wear this wall T-shirt that I've got on. You can't see because this is a podcast. Yeah. But uh, and people will go, "Didn't you guys used to be the Chattanooga State Radio Station?" And I go, still "Yes, are still are." And it's just that. Uh, when the the frequency was old, uh, there wasn't really a whole lot of you know. Hey, they're they're not gone. Uh, get a lot of people that think that we uh, went contemporary Christian because the company that bought the ninety one point five frequency That's is, they, yeah. And um, the, there just hasn't really been um, a push to to let people know. I, I get people every day, uh, even the guy that comes in to our house to spray for. Uh, bugs <laughs> he listened to the station and wanted to know where it went a lot of people did man a lot of people did but it's still there org. don hickson uh, has been my guest the program director long time uh radio personality in this city and uh I've, i mean when i the dismissal happened from from my other job i had a handful of people that reached out to me and you were one of them and i pre- i thank you for that i appreciate that sure um way more than i ever would have thought cuz you get into that is anybody listening why do i even do this kind of you know sometimes in the when you get in the dregs and so that was really cool and it's been fun to hang out here and do this and and i'm in the process of trying to build a my own little thing at the house but that's that's a little expensive these uh these evs right here these 3 320s or whatever they're called or e20s there's no joke on the uh, on the dollar amount, but uh, thank you for uh, jumping in here for a few minutes, and that'll pretty much put on the wraps on this for August 11th, 2016, at Stone on Air and all the social medias. I'm going to put the wraps on the show today with just a full tune from Ryan Oyer's EP that is yet to be released. He dropped it in the mail. It came in my mailbox. It was like Christmas morning. Seriously, I'm not joking. I love getting especially compact discs in the mail. This song is called White Star. The EP is called So Far, So Good. It will be released on September 23rd at the Grand Falloon. That is a Friday night. We'll talk to you again next week. See you later. Bye. Coming. And when my 
Never are set free.